0: Coming to you from the Strings and Things studio in Ventura, California, welcome to the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Podcast thingy, (laughs) whatever. You know, maybe by year six I'll I'll get that intro. (laughs) No, it's fine. Six years. No, no, I'm thinking hopeful, yeah. Uh, hi. 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 What's up? Well, this month was my pick, and we read um, The Murmur of Bees by Sophia Segovia. And this is the first, what, what attracted me to this book was that it's not from an, it was not written in English, or even from a native English speaker. Mm-hmm. It actually had to be translated by someone not the author into English. So it was really interesting how the perspective came out. So here's a quick synopsis. It began on a, on an October morning in 1910. Nana Reja, the wet nurse for two generations of the Morales family, lived on Hacienda La Amistad, now owned by Francisco Morales. The elderly woman found an infant with a cleft lip covered in bees, I mean like completely covered in bees, far from the plantation, Francisco Morales Jr. recounts his childhood on La Amistad in tandem with the events of that morning. Simona Pio generated fear because of his birth defect, especially in Francisco's most recent uh, hire, Anselmo Espiracueta. A. It has an A on the end, unless Isn't this a? is a typo.
1: Nope, I never saw it written. Don't trust me. Oh. Well,
0: despite this, Simona Pio grew into a caring, intelligent, and observant child cared for by Nana Reja and his godparents, Francisco and Beatriz. He had the ability to understand his bees, who rarely left his side. He could sense past, present, and future events. And with the knowledge that something deadly would strike, Leonares, that's the area where they lived, Simona Pio fell sick just to keep the Morales family away from Leonares. And then it goes on from there. We can talk more about what happens. It is set against the backdrop of Mexican Revolution and the last pandemic of
2: 100 years ago. ago. The 1918 1918
0: Spanish flu, flu, which was a misnomer. So.
1: Literally, like yeah, literally the definition of that word. Yeah, you know, I tried to
0: tell my mother in law that in reality it was brought to it was brought to Europe by American soldiers, and that the only reason it was called the Spanish flu is because they were the first ones to own up that there was a problem, and that and she, her response was, "You're you're just repeating news to make Americans look bad."
1: Well, I mean, at least it's so like a lot of diseases are named after regions right like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: ebola is a region in africa zika Mm. is a a, i think a river in africa um but at least this is like um nagging on a european yeah region
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) at least
0: (laughs) but it wasn't even the spanish other countries had had this problem but they were the first ones to say Hey, I think there's something wrong with the world and I think y'all are feeling it too. So let's just talk about it.
2: Yeah. Well, they weren't involved in the war, so they were, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah well they were having their own.
2: Right. Wait, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Mexican Revolution. Mixing... No, Spain.
0: Spain. Spain? But it's not Spain.
1: Yeah. No, I oh, 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 it was the... <laughs> We're talking about
0: the Spanish. But I'm stuff. also
1: mixing things up like Guernica was in later than this. Okay. So. Uh, never mind
0: <laughs> oh that's right this is during a time when california was was it still part of mexico
1: no
0: no, no i don't know i i should know this okay so
1: it's set in 1910 yeah uh, mexico was um relinquished california i don't know but i think it's the 1800s but we that should sounds know.
0: right i should know because it's like
1: mexico
0: how long we've been a state please.
1: Well, no, I don't think that. No, is... no. No, I, I take it back. <laughs>
0: One thing I do know is that California is the only state to already have a system of gover- of self-government before it came became part of the United States.
1: Um, we had our own constitution. Mexican-American War 1846 to 1848. Oh. Well, yeah. So, it's not I mean me. his, I mean it in some of these character's lifetime, yeah. California mm-hmm. would have been um, uh, part of mexico mm-hmm. um, california got its statehood it's a very interesting um time and setting so california became a state september 9th 1850 which okay. i don't think i ever knew i learned something new today oh. I knew it was.
2: Eight, i felt like 1850 something was in my brain yeah. but i didn't yep. know but now you know um okay so neat okay (laughs) anyway (laughs) i think I've. so that was
1: fun you were always you always relate things to your own point of view right Right. so Mm -hmm. the book is that starts in 1910 um and travels on through probably 1927 1928
2: i think well there's also like the present day uh, not so much present day but story of
1: the modern story yeah Yeah, but he's telling the story of, of right Nineteen
2: ten
1: to 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 the age he's seven, which or maybe he was born in nineteen twenty four, something like that. So late nineteen twenties, early nineteen thirties. Um. So I love that because. The place I work was started in 1911, so uh-huh. it's it's always oh, fun to think yeah. of, like, wow, you know, what the was business I work and... um, in was um inventor at the same time this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather was born in 1913, so that also gives me a little, like, um, you know, when you're trying to like, right, give right, because my place and time to an experience because right. my
0: grandfather was born in 1911 and my grandmother had been born in 1914. Oh. Um, so. My
1: grandfather would be 108 today. Oh wow! Except they wouldn't. <laughs> right, I know. I, <laughs> I mean, how old know.
0: how old would Elvis be? Like, oh, I, I mean, don't care. That's like people say. Like people say, how many hundreds of years old would would George Washington be? It's like Did nothing. The same
1: amount of dead. I think. <laughs> the same amount. Of dead. <laughs> but today is my grandfather's birthday. Happy birthday, Grandpa. Happy Bastille Day. <laughs> um. Total non sequitur. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Except I guess, for I know. no, it's not a non sequitur. Because Francisco Morales, totally, like, that is, he reminds me of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like, senior. Or, yeah, junior. senior. Yeah, senior. Okay. senior. No, senior.
0: When uh, the story starts, there's not a junior yet. Right. So.
1: It, and that's a little bit confusing about the book. In yeah. the yeah. Opening first to um, exchanges of narrator. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Francisco Jr., who at the point he's telling the story is now is just, just Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> the only Francisco. Um, when he says I was, he like we find the baby, uh-huh, and then we go to Francisco's voice, and he's like, "I was born on blah blah blah," and he starts talking about his mother. Then yet there's this
2: mysterious baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. like
1: it took. And for it took sure. a while before
2: it's like okay, well the narrator. Is it took Victorian about half the because book because they talk about yeah the. Francisco and Beatrice, Only the two daughters, babies. yeah, the two and girls. That's right. Simono Pio, and then I'm like, okay, but well, this other narrator is a child of theirs, and when does he come into play? Yeah, halfway through little, the book, a little mystery too. And there
0: is some the unfolding. Of the there other. is some of the village mysticism coming into play a lot because it's a small little village, and this baby who is literally covered with bees, and those bees probably saved his life because he had a cleft palate. He was probably left out so, out to die. And he didn't. And mm-hmm. so, some people, you know, it takes a long time for people, some people to warm and some people never do. He's always just a strange I child.
1: I loved how much Francisco and Beatrice just loved him. Mm-hmm. They
0: loved him. It was so like it was
2: their own child. unexpected. And like straight from the beginning, they yeah. were, you know.
0: Because Nana Reha loved him and they knew, they trust Nana Reja, well, she, yeah. she raised. Okay, I hadn't gotten the idea that she was a wet nurse, which mm-hmm. is not she's not I just thought she was this elderly person that it took care of.
1: Well, we but then it the But movie. then it, so, <laughs> Yeah, but then then But, but that part's so confusing I yeah, understand. Yeah. There's a lot of there
0: was a lot of back and forth. The book goes back and forth in in time periods a little bit, so it well, takes a little bit to adjust and characters
1: um voice like yeah in voice sometimes where some there's a first person narrator uh-huh. and then there's a third person narrator um and if once you get in the rhythm of it it's clear and, and the
0: first person and way- the first person voice changes each it, many of the care, each of the characters first get their own
2: only it's only francisco junior yeah and old. oh see the in the, the audiobook the narrator...
0: there's different it's confusing because in the audio there's
2: two narrators in the
0: audiobook there's there's oh, yeah.
2: francisco and, and there's like the narrator it's she's not a character. Oh, she's
0: not a character. But no, then, it's but nearly, we just
2: get a lot of Beatrice. We get a lot then of Beatrice. At the end, end of the yeah. book, they're t- sort of talking to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, so maybe in the she's novel. her titles and stuff like yeah, that. They yeah. sort of switch off, yes. and they're kind so of. So maybe she's
0: either Carmen or Consuelo.
2: She's nobody. No, she's nobody.
0: No. A narrator. She's okay. nobody. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So, I wanted there to be magic connections in this too, because this genre is magical realism. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have to say that I'm disappointed we never get where he comes from
2: i have a theory i had one
1: too but okay. i it once you gave me the, that chapter it's wrong oh, okay
2: <laughs> so the mystery is where did this child come from why yes. is he covered in bees yes why does he have special abilities yes. to know things before they happen to see which things, to be that connected not to that things. mysterious to me no like, i'm can, not that confounded yeah. by that yeah. i'm willing to suspend disbelief but he not. has quote-unquote powers that yes. other people in his community do not. Yes. Sensitivity right. you could call it. Maybe.
0: Awareness. So Awareness, his... The bees tell him.
2: He's, his connection <laughs> with the bees, I think the whole point is also to be connected with the land. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the bees lead him on this epic journey and they try and they try and they try. He finally makes it to see where the orange trees are growing. He comes back and he tells his uh, godfather we need to grow orange trees and then that helps cultivate the ground and like give rebirth to this land. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that the land created him or that he was sort of a necessity for the land.
0: The land the needed him is to, be the vo- big... to be the voice of the land.
2: But he can't even talk. So what kind of voice
0: is that? <laughs> right? But he but can
2: talk he if can... you're willing to listen. True. Because he can talk to Francisco Jr. Yeah.
0: So before we go any further, I'm just going to do a little, uh, introduction to the characters of course we've been talking about uh, simona pia uh, the baby who grows up as an adopted child of beatrice and francisco francisco morales is the owner of la amistad which is a big grouping of land um in many many lands actually kind of grouped together he's a a property owner beatrice cortez de Morales. So I'm wondering if Cortez is like a family name, her side mixed. her maiden. Her maiden name. She's the daughter of a privileged family in Leonares, whose father is murdered during the war. She is the one who, and then she marries Francisco. They have two daughters throughout the first half of the book. Two children, period, as as daughters. There's Carmen, which is the eldest, and Consuelo, the younger. Later on in the book, um, Francisco Morales Junior is born, and he's the only son. And as we've told, he's a storyteller in the novel. There's Nana Reha, and there's also another Nana. nana... Yeah,
2: Nana Pola. Pola nana
0: yeah. Pola, yeah. Who is, um, I
2: don't believe is related. She just, I think she just was yeah, employed
0: by the family. She's a nanny. She's like, a, yeah. Nana
2: is for nanny.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nur- she helps. N- she nurses uh, Guillermo Morales as a baby after his mother dies in childbirth. And she becomes a wet nurse in Oh Nana Reha, that is. Uh-huh. She becomes a wet nurse in Leonaris, an old woman. By the time our story comes along, she's an older, wo- an older woman, but she still cares for the children. Sometimes when they're scared or they're little, they sleep in her bed, and she just yeah,
1: because the, they went only Simona Pio.
0: Oh, only Simona Pio. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, and then there's she's
1: glued to her rocking chair. Like Pretty a much. The chair is part and extension of her. And body, even when she's not
0: victim. in the rocking chair, the rocking chair rocks.
1: Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> There's like a word. But I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Then
0: here's the protagonist. Is it the right word? The protagonist, is the villain?
1: No, the antagonist. antagonist.
0: The antagonist is Anselmo Espircueta. He's a migrant heading north with his family, and he reluctantly becomes a laborer on uh, La Amistad. And we're going to have a lot to say about him.
1: With the word peon, how is it spelled?
0: P E O N. Okay. Mm hmm. And then there's Lupita, the washerwoman for Mor- for the Morales family. Mm-hmm. Now I got the sense that Lupita was a distant cousin that came to work for them at one point. Where well, she's kind of related, but she's one, she's one of the related. lesser. I think she's related. I think it was Someone... there was
2: something where her mother needed to like find a safe yes. place for her, so she came and they sort of just took her yeah. in.
0: And she's but she's she still was kind under of...
2: their protection.
0: She's yeah, under the protection. Part of what breaks Beatrice. Right. Oh yeah. Because she's kind of, but she, she is to them as if she were family. Yeah, yeah. there is not not an equal status. But the,
1: the, uh, Francisco and Beatrice are very benevolent. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so I did the thing that you do, Katie. What I did?
2: Well, reviews?
1: I noticed that you do a lot of reading of reviews to kind of process uh-huh. your your thoughts on the books. So I really, really enjoyed this book.
2: Yeah. I think we should start there. It's how, yeah. how yeah. we feel about yeah. it before we get I, too yeah. far. In. I
1: really enjoyed this book. I did not love when the narrator said, and Beatrice didn't say goodbye, because I knew
2: <gasps> oh, what gosh. we'd
1: been building to yeah. was coming. Yeah. And I, like, Always had to stop. take the time I took to a say goodbye off. to family. Well, I took a couple days off, because I was getting close, because I think there's yeah, only, like, four hours end. left in yeah. the book. So I, I, I was driving on our last road trip, and I just like I cried the entire time. Kevin was napping, and I just cried yeah. the whole time it was happening because it gets very like descriptive yes. of his uh, death, yes, and of her grief, yes. It like it's so
0: tangible, which
1: leads me to the other thing is like sometimes it just go- went on and on
2: and on and on. That's and on. my problem with this <laughs> book is that I felt like it dragged forever yes. but it was beautiful and yeah, i enjoyed like, it at the same time yeah. but oh my god hurry up Yeah. because at some point you know what's going to happen but let's just freaking get yes. there already like but i think I've... it took him an hour to die
0: yeah <laughs> but i also know that this was not meant for an it Engli- was not written for an english audience i don't think i don't that think that matters, makes a difference i i think it does i, I think don't. just like people that a take a siesta people have there are many cultures that have a slower pace of how they do things i mean i've things. read american okay. written
2: stories that are also extremely slow right yeah. i don't think i'm that... not saying that i didn't i enjoy think it that's an I interesting did. point of view about why
1: you think it has this pace i mm-hmm. think it might just be the style of this author mm-hmm. um because i brought up that grapes of wrath had the same kind yes.
0: of like, yes okay there's not, a lot more it's pages not the i same. think
1: grapes of wrath just was slowly paced yes but um Like Thomas Hardy is a novelist I don't enjoy. Because he
2: like he just he tells
1: beautiful stories. But way
0: too many details. But he tells of my new, the my, of my color new show.
1: of every petal and leaf yeah. in the meadow as Tessa Joberville walks through. Oh, like,
0: tes- yeah, that was be the one. Stop it.
2: That's like when you when you mention, she walked to town. When you mentioned Grapes of Wrath, it's like, do we need a whole chapter about about a damn turtle? No, <laughs> there's deep <laughs> symbolism in that turtle. Thing. I will say. <laughs> sure, But then it's the same thing with this. It's like, do we need a hundred chapters in this book? i don't think so i think I, they were okay. beautifully written yeah, and some, of, some of those it, chapters sure.
0: were only a paragraph or a sentence long i hundred of them yes well but they're not all equal and i thought about maybe there was just something they wanted to break it so they could say there's a hundred chapters you know i <laughs> i, I would know. say
2: the author definitely took their time yes in telling the story yes which i think is also sort of symbolic of the fact that francisco jr who is now an old man is telling you the story and if yes. you've ever been told an epic story by an old man <laughs> it can also last 12 hours so right? i get that That's <laughs> oh, true how many times um, you know, does the
0: grandpa just go yeah grandpa, we heard this yep. and it took just as long well, then, last that's time part
1: of his points um i love he says this okay but um, we're still like, okay okay still yeah. giving our impression yeah hold on, okay. hold on hold on okay so i Read a review because there was something bothering me about this book is that there's definitely like a black and white of who's good in the story and who's bad, and there's no nuance to sure. like who, who, like the bad person that his feelings are valid. I mean, he is very bad, yes, but the feelings of the lower cat class and the um, you know, uh-huh. being a laborer versus the benevolent landowner. Like, those, you know, their antagonism is not... And they do mention,
2: apart from Anselmo, that there's this, like, workers' revolution forming. Yeah. yeah. But it's never in a symbolic... Or, like, in a sensitive way. It's like... Because it's told by Francisco Jr.'s point of view, and he thinks that they're the bad guys. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a scary thing that's coming.
1: Well, also, like, when the narrator's speaking in each person's inner Uh monologue, you hear... You just hear about it being yeah. bad. I'm almost there.
0: <laughs> so
1: this book is a very anti-socialism book. <laughs> like yeah. Very clearly pro-capitalism, anti, and not even necessarily capitalism. Pro-elite, bad socialists. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the review I read was a one-star review. Of, like this book is racist. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or actually, That's I think it. I think the person gave two reviews. One was is this book racist maybe and then they gave a second one star review that's like this book is absolutely maybe racist absolutely maybe (laughs) and then they gave like paragraph analysis on what the gist of what i'm saying is like you know now, I feel, is a bad man yeah.
0: okay but i feel his, like his, you know, parts of this book are written in the same way as gone with the wind with the mentality yes. that yes, but this there's book was bad written in
1: 2015 uh, uh,
0: that there are some bad plantation owners that own but we're yes. not them we we pro- the idea that we provide education and work for our for our people, and we only ask a little bit of what it's like. The way they position themselves as being the good plantation owners, mm. I could hear it. I could, but and you only got a little bit a uh, sense of the other. I mean, not talking about the the main antagonist, but the other characters that uh-huh. worked for them. I don't always get the sense that they felt that life was as happy as as the as. Uh, Francisco and Beatrice clearly had in their head. We actually they saw themselves as very good people. And they are. And they are because okay, they're they not
1: plantation lot. owners. No, they're employers. I want to be clear about they that. They're employers. They do pay. They do I come from an agricultural family. Like, you know, yeah,
0: they're employers. <laughs> they're employers. They do besides a the pay. They and they
1: transformed their economy their local economy yeah Mm -hmm. they 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 are not the bad guys but they are also not saints no sure um and they are certainly different than um probably like i mean it sounded like he was an indentured servant in um southern mexico Mm -hmm. and when he escaped he was a truly an employee
0: but he but he he was so bitter about yeah also he was he was lazy he did not work. He expected everything to just come to him. He had this dream. And I got the sense that... I, I mean, I
1: think he was lazy. He did work hard. He, he just did it poorly. Like, tell me an example of his okay. laziness.
0: I felt like there are times where he should have worked the land harder. He didn't water when he was supposed to. He didn't care for things. Because it, his in his mind... He wasn't really going to take care of it until it was his. Why should well, he? Um, why should he care I, and work for I somebody don't think else's that's property?
1: True. He did when Francisco comes up to see him and um, say invites him to to finally transform his plot into an orchard. He's noticing like, you know, they water when we all water. <laughs> like he's noticing that they do work the land, but he puts the same efforts and same actions since the land but never yields
2: anything from it
0: but it's he, like
1: he's poisoning the land with his yeah
2: yeah I, I think he is under the false impression the whole time that it's his land, yes. When it's technically not, it and, it, and he doesn't have a right to it, yeah. even though he believes that he does. And yet, doesn't did, did he? Have well, that's that the thing. I don't like, know. That's he the has the a chip on the me, Is like right. it's not yours. Right. You, you don't own it. Well, right.
0: You didn't take the risk. You didn't pay for the it. Thing, but, but neither did Francisco
2: Senior because he inherited it. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing: like,
1: like I, th- I think there is a quality to the other people who work the land with Francisco and mm-hmm. for Francisco is that they might be happy and content. I am happy and content to be an employee in part of my sure. life. And I appreciate and have appreciated for this employer and the last employer that they bear that uh-huh. weight on their shoulders. Uh-huh. Um, and I like it. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I think a lot of people are happy to live that way.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't help but feel like at the end of the novel, when the family moves away and the servants, or not servants, because they are, you know, the employees, employees. who live there are then given the chance to buy their plot of land. Yeah. It's- yeah. It just makes me sick. Yeah. Um. So... Let's break this
1: down into some topics. Hold on, I have one more thing. Okay, <laughs> you got to share your your theory
2: of where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's do you have theory? a theory of where I he came from?
1: Okay, I don't. He so, was
2: a necessity of the land. That's my
1: theory. I think that's interesting, okay. and it's a lot more valid than mine.
2: <laughs> I got thinking
1: when Lupita's uh, was thrown under the bridge that mm. um, that Simono Simono Pio was found under. Uh-huh. That maybe Simono Pio was. Um, Esperiquito's child, hmm. when because the wife they arrived and the wife was very pregnant. But when I went to um, listen to chapter eighteen, it was the daughter, that yeah, poor little girl,
2: yeah, Margarita so, or you know, whatever her name yeah. was. But yeah.
1: it, but when that was living in my head, that idea oh. it was like it was so perfect. That Esperiquito abandoned this baby, yeah. and the bees came to save the baby, and he thinks it's the death because that's what people have thought in the yeah. past about. Yep. People who were born uh-huh. um, cleft. with cleft palate or other um, malformations or whatever. Um, that it was a curse and the devil right. and their demon. That all along, Simone O'Pio was his
2: own son. Like uh, is that, that would have been fun to think That's about. That's good. That yeah. would but have been
0: not so ir- ironic. Not true. Okay. So, so you have some
2: questions for us?
0: Yeah. More, it it this particular thing talks about, has different topics or themes that are pulled out. As, as topics of discussion. Uh, one of the first ones they talk about is the storytelling itself. Mm-hmm. The novel very explicitly shares a perspective on storytelling in pages compared to owning your own story. Uh, here's a quote from the book Simona Pio knew that there were stories that one could read in books with black words on white pages. He was not interested in those because once printed, they were indelible, unchanging. Each reader had to follow the order of words indicated in those pages exactly until they arrived inexorably at the same outcome. But then later on, he also says, being in possession of that story meant Simona Pio could make, being in possession of his own story meant that he could make endless changes, could add or remove characters as he saw fit and give them the traits of the people around him. So how does that writing style reflect storytelling? Um, how did you find the non, what did you think about the nonlinear pathways? Were they intriguing, confusing, poetic? What other no- novels have you read with non-linear? Is there? Does it remind you of other books with similar writing style? And how do the arcs of those novels unfold? Um, often, that kind of thing.
2: I'm often frustrated in listening or reading books with like nonlinear, uh, like pathways through the story like this one had or ones where it switches perspective between narrators or just perspectives in general but i didn't find that to be a problem with this book even though it was longer than i wish it was (laughs) it was relatively clear how we were going to get to where we were going and it was also relatively clear like you knew what the story was going to be once from the beginning like at the beginning i will say i was confused yeah but
1: it, it didn't take clear.
2: long to figure out. Yeah. And I don't think sometimes I feel like I'm left in the dark where I'm like, I don't think I understand what the author is, wants me to understand. Like, I feel like I'm the one that's behind and everybody else that mm-hmm. might be reading. It's like, oh, no, I understood that. Mm-hmm. Whereas at this one, I was like, I think I understood at the exact point when I, the author wanted me to. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the author was a, a a good writer in that sense that it wasn't I didn't feel like I was in the dark. Fair enough.
0: And I feel like some of that might have also been contr- uh, contributed to the um, interpreter, the person who translated it, because I had read a, some comments about it was how, yes, the author had a, the line of, of writing that she she did, but in order to translate that into um, a fluid English version, the um, there was a lot of credit given to the
1: the translator the translator
0: I'm with you I like I like to have my ha- I it's not, I don't necessarily have to have my hand held yeah. but I like a straight line or I- at least a mildly curvy line um it's hard when something jumps in and out of um out of a timeline except in this case I felt like each time they took you out of a timeline it planted a seed Of connect and it wasn't so hard to connect.
2: You knew you were going to come back, and you knew exactly where it was, or if it didn't pick up right then, you understood what had happened in the meantime. Enough to it wasn't hard to to keep track of. Yeah, where the story was going, I think
1: I found it. All those what were the three descriptors? All three of them. <laughs> intriguing,
0: intriguing, intriguing confusing, confusing poetic Poetic. Yeah. I those. think it helped all I mean things. in the
2: order, confusing, intriguing, poetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it yeah. helped that the, that the audiobook had two separate voices. narrators. It had yes. voices that made yeah it easier. Yeah.
0: Oh, if they're all one voice, that would have been. And in the audiobook, I love the the accents. It's like I really felt like I was listening to the story. It wasn't just an, it wasn't, it was not just English, but English with yeah, a Spanish the accent. The female
1: um, uh-huh. narrator was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Like,
0: I really she thought really I was, did li- a good I job. thought I was hearing the female characters. I forgot. But I also, that... when
1: she was speaking in the male characters, mm-hmm. which is not, like I think I've said this before, it's not always well done but right. she did for mm-hmm. any gender. She didn't really do voices, but she, which no. I think I appreciated. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like she, it was very subtle. She did
1: good service to when she was in yes. each person's voice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. On the topic of love of family and love of land. Sophia Segovia shares that the novel explores both the love of family and the love of land from Nana Reha losing her child and becoming a wet nurse to the brotherhood between Simona Pia Pio, this one's typed as one, Simone Pio with an O, and Francisco Jr., the family bonds are tight and loving. What moments or descriptions best encompasses, encompass love in your reading of the novel? Which, were there moments where this was connected that that, what are some of your favorite? Well,
1: I just love Simone Pio's devotion to Francisco mm-hmm. Jr. Like, I just love it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and his devotion to his Adopted family as well as his adopted family's devotion to him equally. Like they, they treated him like. They, it, they, it was his, their son. Yeah. Even when they had their own son that yep. came along, a biological son that they didn't expect. It didn't change anything. No. I had this worried tension
1: when Francisco was lost mm-hmm. and the men found him. Mm-hmm. I I was worried because Simonopio Pio could not speak easily for himself that they wouldn't understand what had happened. That they were going to blame him or yeah. something. And, but thankfully, like, yeah. I think they just know that wouldn't happen. Because been by him. that
0: point they knew him the the people who were looking for they knew his character enough
2: Yeah not
0: yeah. to to well to know that no one would ever think he was a violent person. I was
2: worried well, while listening... the bad guy's horse was nearby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing. Ah, I was yeah. Like, oh okay.
2: <laughs> I was worried while reading this that it was gonna fall under that like trope of like not that Simon O'Pio was not mentally challenged, but no. some people thought that he was just because he didn't speak. Yeah. But sometimes those characters in older like media are become like the villain, mm-hmm. or not the villain, but people are afraid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the only person that was really afraid of him was the villain. Was yeah. the villain, and maybe that's and everybody what... else who were just decent regular people came to learn maybe they were at first. Yeah. But they yeah. were like, no, he's fine. Like I'm not worried about him. You know. That- Mm-mm. Might be what's so
1: refreshing about everyone's pure love uh-huh. for him and the pure love he gave out is like that, that never, that, that doesn't that happen doesn't except happen. with the most misguided character. Right. I
2: was worried it was going to, but it, that wasn't. And that, an may- and that it. might've been where I'm like, oh my God,
1: like, are they gonna?
0: No. I yeah. mean, Beatrice
2: would never let that happen. She knew. Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, had, I also thought of the perspective that, of Simonopio Pio and the bees, in a way, the bees were another family for him. Yeah. They communicated. They they were there. They they protected him when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And he, and even though bees do not live as long as we do, the generation after generation of part of, of this hive have connected and bonded with him to the point that when he asked, he would never ask them to, he would accept in times of trying to help his family he and he knew that by asking the bees to come and help rescue the son he knew it was too late to rescue the father that they were willing to lay down their life they knew that 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 so much so much of um, their love for him even overcame the love for the land because i saw that their numbers were depleted how the, that connection between the, here's that that love of the how the animals and, and we're all sort of connected. They showed him the flat the the orange the the old orange grove. They kept up calling it an orchard, but orchards are, it's a grove. <laughs> but <laughs> at least maybe okay in my English it's a grove. In another language it might Why not be. It be. I an not orchard? it can be an orchard because I thought orchards were like apples or no, something like that. It can be an orchard. we have orange
2: orchards in Fillmore.
0: We have orange groves.
2: They're still orchards. I thought
0: citrus was groves.
2: I think you can still call it an orchard. Okay, maybe
0: all maybe it's a regional term. All fruit groves are orchards, but not all orchards (laughs) are groves. (laughs) That's true. What is the sentence going to (laughs) work? So that connection between they helped bring the, the bees helped bring the land back, but because of the bees' sacrifice. There weren't enough bees to pollinate the oranges, orange trees.
1: For a year, yeah. And it,
0: for, uh, was it a year or for a few years? Oh,
1: well, I don't. I remember for a time. Them talking. Yeah. For okay, a time. for a time. Ding ding, a time.
0: <laughs> but how the, to, to sacrifice their sacrifice to save the boy affected every had a ripple effect going right down. On.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it was a necessary thing.
1: It was necessary. I mean, I loved imagining what it looked like to have uh, um, some Pio charging at them full speed. With a roar. With the roar of the bees behind him.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, the
1: swarm. <laughs> Made
2: me cry more. <laughs> um, the difference between an orchard and a grove is an orchard is an area of land devoted to the cultivation of fruit. A grove is a small wood or stand of trees lacking any dense undergrowth. Oh, so I think a grove is just smaller. Okay. And an orchard is is uh, specifically planted, exact like specifically fruit, planted, exactly, <laughs> specifically fruit. Cl- cultivated. So
0: he found an ancient grove, and they made orchards. There
2: you go. Sure. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> but I also think at the point when the when the bees were were uh, sacrificing themselves to save uh, Francisco Junior, that they had already done what they needed to do, according to my theory which was to cultivate the land yeah. and bring it back to life and, you know, fruitfulness, literally fruitfulness.
0: And then they kind of talk about that a little bit. That Maybe. I mean, because I mean, at first they wouldn't even, at first they would not go into the bee boxes, but what, you're right, once their job was done and they were ready to move on, they moved into the bee boxes so it's that they could so be some, moved. Yeah,
1: so someone up here could move on. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> which just happened to be just enough for what they needed, you know.
1: They made do. They made themselves fit.
0: (laughs) So Simona Pio seems to know stuff ahead of time. How do you think he did not know at the concert?
1: I was thinking about that. It's the only only time he wasn't. He sensed when danger was arising with the um the flu. Mm -hmm. There was another time when he was like, "Don't go that way" or something. Yeah,
0: something with Beatrice. I thought he got her, he I don't remember. I think, I think he, sh- he
1: was but so
2: distracted. I think he let himself be distracted because he was excited to go see the concert like It was the one time was. it
0: was the one time he let himself desire something for himself. Yeah. And the, so then he couldn't hear the sense what was going on to the point that he even lost his shoes and Okay, so are we that do we get to answer on that t- that topic of love of land and love of family? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the uh, next topic is memory. Let's explore how the memories change over time. In the novel, Francisco Morales Jr. muses that memories are a curious thing. While I always felt felt fortunate to have a few photographs of my father they ended up contaminating my memories of him because i looked at them so much they gradually replaced the flesh and blood man whose body had a smell whose voice had a timber whose hair would ruffle and whose smile when it, he unleashed it was more contagious than the flu so do you find this true how have your memories been altered with the passage of time when how do you remember a photograph a photograph experience and when and how do you remember a moment for which you have never seen a photo are they are the qualities of the memory different
2: yeah i think it's scientifically proven that you're you can manipulate and form false memories based on photographs um i was talking with somebody the other day about how people will ask like what's your like like what the first memory of your life is. And I'm always like, how the hell am I supposed to know what the first first memory is? But I think I figured out in thinking like, what's something I can remember from being a little kid where there would have been no reason for there to be a camera there at all. And I specifically remember being at my babysitter's house when I lived in Oxnard, which I moved when I was four or five and it was before that. So I was three or four, and I remember being in her house watching Woody Woodpecker on her television, <laughs> and there would have been no reason for anybody to have t- have taken a picture of me watching right. Woody Woodpecker on her television. So, but I can remember, or not really, but I can pull up memories of other events because my mom took a lot of pictures and made a lot of scrapbooks. <laughs> So we have a lot of pictures. So I, in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, but I don't. I remember the picture, you know. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my
1: first memory is of the day my little brother was born, which I was just, um, I was just short of four. I was three. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was actually just barely three. I was three and a quarter years old um, my birthday's in august he's december but i remember the day that he was born i uh-huh. remember like because my mom went in labor really early in the morning so i remember my dad waking me up and me yelling up the stairs to wake my siblings up mm-hmm. and i remember being taken over to the hospital and having to
2: wait outside yeah um and it's not only photographs, but and also just no, telling the story. There's no the photos story. of me that day. But, but it can also just be in retelling the story from like like if your dad told you that story. No, this
1: is my like I have a right. I have a memory that
2: it's not part of. It's not part of their story. Right, of the day he was. Born, but if you your know? dad was like, "Oh yeah, I woke you up in the morning," and he told you that yeah. story so many times, you'd nope. be like, "Yeah, I remember that," even yeah. if you didn't. But, but this is not one. of those But that's stories, just a pure yeah. memory. So,
1: a, a funny thing. So you were saying like. You can create false memories based on seeing pictures. Mm -hmm. But another thing is that memories, like another study, is that memories change the more you access them. Mm -hmm. But a photo, like, that's unchanging. That's that's why it's such a clear
2: memory. Because you're like, no, it's I remember specifically. I was Mm -hmm. wearing the Mickey Mouse t-shirt or whatever, you know? But you don't remember that. No. You remember a picture. Right. And then you may be able to recall the day or, like, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep.
0: Um, Over, I will say... There are things that I have, I, I had more early memories up until about a, a decade ago. And that's what I guess when I started getting the headaches, um, uh, chronic headaches, because I used to have very clear memories of being three years old and not a lot of them, but very distinct memories that kept, was stayed intact. Mm-hmm. But, As I've gotten older and those things were not as important to hold on to, they become kind of fuzzy. You know, like have you ever gotten a had an old picture that degraded over time Mm -hmm. and the details are gone? That's kind of like what the memory is like. I know they did talk about here about um, people say that a scent in particular can trigger memories. Mm -hmm. I know that um, there are years like there was a when we lived in. Uh, Valencia, there was like a mar- a little store that was all like handmade goods and soaps and stuff. Cobblestone we, Cottage. Maybe that was no something from since it was right near where uh, off of Newhall. No, not Newhall Road. Of now, what is the road? There was there used to what be a Hughes road? Market. Whatever that yeah, was. Yes,
2: it's Cobblestone Cottage.
0: But it was called something different. Some something from the pasture. But anyway,
1: maybe
0: many many years. There's I'm...
1: like one corner in that shopping center that used to be like that was like something every year,
0: uh, and Cobblestone
1: Cottage is still there.
0: Yeah. Like
1: this was it's not been in the... there for a okay,
0: long okay. So this time. was not in the corner. Oh, I That's know where why. that
1: is. Yeah, yeah. Cobblestone Cottage is along the long.
0: Between, <laughs> see, a decade ago, I could have told you exactly the name. They had a lot of Americana. It's cobblestone cottage. It was cobblestone cottage. They changed the name. It wasn't that. Wait, before. hold on. No,
1: you know what? I'm sorry. Forgive me. Gifts from the attic.
0: There it is. Yeah. I knew it was something from the something. Yeah.
1: They're two different. They're in two different places. So
0: gifts from the attic. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah. let's see because because she lived there. She grew- well, anyway.
1: It's Granary Square. Granary you Square. Can walk there in 15 minutes.
0: But. Anyway, I'd forgotten all about that place, and then I was someplace where this—I uh, I walked by a candle that was blown. Yankee <laughs> candle, maybe. May, I know? <laughs> but or some kind of potpourri because they had, oh, so, they had much, so much potpourri, so much potpourri. But that's when I started thinking about that, and it was talking about like someone can oh, tear like here's a quote: someone can tear open an orange nearby, and their aroma transports me to my mama's kitchen or my papa's orchard.
2: I love that part
1: because
2: you want to go yeah. there too like. oh, I, have, yeah. I have it pulled up here it's like the second chapter of the book
0: yeah and he's talking about his 16
2: his home where he was born the sense of my mother's pecan sweets of her preserves mm-hmm. and jams of the time that grew in pots in the kitchen and more recently of the oranges blossoms and honey as they always floated in the air and i remember farther along in the book thinking. When are the oranges going to come into play? Oh. Because then when he finally like gives him the gift of the orange blossoms, I was like, oh yeah, I remember thinking, why does he smell oranges when I ha- they don't grow oranges, but they do later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading and that earlier on in the book isn't that as funny? part That's of his so
1: integral to Francisco Jr.'s sense right. and memory. And then when Francisco Sr. is going to transform the land mm-hmm. into orchards, he... Um, Beatrice is mourning the senses right. that are going away uh, that are leaving from that mm-hmm. change, like the sight of all the fields, the sugar
2: cane, and mm-hmm. the, the smells and sounds that and come sounds, with that yeah. activity. I think um, I just clung on to it because living in Fillmore, I know exactly when sense, that smell yeah, comes around, exactly. and I know, yeah. Oh, it's so lovely. It doesn't on come sun, to my like, side of town. You just got drive to the other side.
0: gonna yeah, I mean, drive to the other sometimes side. Sometimes
1: it's a not nice smell, depending on which way the winds are blowing, and then <laughs> some nights it's like. Intoxicating and
0: beautiful to me, sounds are that way. Like, I will, I love the sound of crickets, and certain times of year, like now, um, I love when we can turn the air conditioning off early and open up the windows, and then there's this chorus of frogs. (laughs) And I'm, and there's not even any water really in the river, so I don't know where these frogs are. They're in everybody's backyards, yeah, because they're in my backyard. I've seen them, yeah, um, but. Okay, so let's talk about secrets. secrets. In the end, Beatrice cho- chooses not to ask Simona Pio what happened on the day that her husband died, and her, husband- and her son speculates on myriad reasons why she didn't among them. Here's a quote. And there were things that it was better not to know. We would leave it in order to forget the bad things, the absences, and the abandonments. We would go to we would go to remember just the good things, and in our ignorance, we would heal. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something. in grief. I'm a little conflicted about
1: that. <laughs> well, there's something in grief that they say, like when you lose someone, you should talk about it as much right. as possible and say it to whomever will listen because it makes it real.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, if 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 they don't talk about what really happens. It protects them some
2: somewhat. It's a very human uh action to to shut down to that though, because it's sometimes it's hard to. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why Beatrice didn't want to even think about it yeah. or talk about it because that's natural. Like it's once not good. You, know for it, you. you can
1: never unknow it.
2: Yeah. And it, it's it's not good for you, but also I mean it's like this or that. You either go about your life pretending or or just not knowing because it helps you move mm-hmm. on but you're you're not really moving on necessarily or you find out what the true answer is and then you have to live with that you know yeah how are you gonna survive which it sounds right to
0: now? me like francisco jr when he became just francisco he spent most of his life not really remembering what happened because for the longest time no one talked about it or it was overwhelming, so he just said, I don't know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't remember. And people kept questioning him. And then I think as an adult, I mean, it's like, wow, he got to be an old man before he was ready to just ha- talk, you know, one, connect again with his brother. Can you imagine being that close? I guess, be- and then, I, I know some of it is when is the, the deep hurt and break of not being, not saying goodbye, of being, feeling like you were abandoned by this person that you thought loved you as much, but then all of that is still coming from the perspective of a very young, what was he, four years old?
1: No, he was or seven. seven. He's seven,
0: but he's still a young child. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Seven is a baby. Seven is so. tiny. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but you have a lot of memories of that time, like that's a time when you're really coming into your like self-realization and your mm-hmm. understanding of your place in the world, um, but being
0: the only son, I still think, I think maybe, I mean, his mama kind of spoiled him a little bit. <laughs> well, there,
1: that's where there's a cultural thing. Like, it's actually sort of funny that every time he talks about how his mother talked about him, he was like, You know,
2: you're full of fleas.
1: You can't keep (laughs) clean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not usually how Mexican mothers talk about their sons. Like, um, one of my coworkers jokes. He's like, well, I'm the boy. So I'm a prince, right?
2: (laughs) So we can see both sides of. Like, that's his memory is that his mom didn't like him that much because he was dirty and gross. Yeah. But you saw from the mother's perspective that that was not the case. Yeah. Mm
1: -mm um how okay uh at the point where like i i enjoyed that this book reflected some of what we've lived through in the isolation of the pandemic
2: i have some um passages highlighted i would like to to read yes. that sort of um hit i don't home. mean to interrupt you no, but please. yes that did hit home okay <laughs> i don't have any passages from Carry chapter <laughs> 11 at the time the doors to the cathedral were kept locked because the federal government had ordered all gathering places to remain closed Theaters, movies, houses, movie (laughs) houses, excuse me, bars, and of course, churches. Um, From chapter 13, he had tried to convey to the inhabitants of the town how important it was to remain in quarantine, to not leave the house if anyone was sick, and needless to say, to also stay home if anyone was lucky enough to have no infection in the family. And then later on, the miracle would have been if those arrogant fools with the fate of the country in their hands had listened in time <laughs> to the voices of I the experts. That. But right? now it was too late. Yeah, I was like, oh, my, my God. That one left back years was ringing. So relevant, ago. Right? So relevant. Yeah, so, that was incredible. This book
1: was published in 2015. Yes.
2: I know. <laughs> I was like, did she write this last year?
1: I know. Because <laughs> there have been some great books that authors yes. have, are
2: putting
0: I out. I just having thought having that written. was so, I yeah. was reading
2: it and I was like, whoa. Yep yep
0: uh, if, if she could only have... well no was that when it was written or when it was translated it was well, written in know. 2015
1: i looked it up this okay. afternoon yeah i uh, wonder when
0: it was translated i
1: didn't look that up but. well it was an audiobook in 2019 so mm-hmm. i still thought wow how prescient even right. if, it, if it came out in 2019 i mean she was still ahead of the game but um. translation
2: oh, yeah. copyright 2019 still before the shutdown right sure. i just thought that was so funny yeah I remember saying, oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. Um,
1: okay. So I really identified with Simone Appeal on one thing. Okay. I mean, I loved him and I would love to be more like him, um, more intuitive, listen to the surroundings. Yeah. You know. But his fear of clowns.
2: Oh, yeah. So That's normal. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. I feel oh, like yeah. I would have had the same
2: reaction having been taken to a circus yes. at that time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my, that's like a five year old memory
2: is going to the circus. I've never been and I don't terrified. think I would ever like to. Don't do it. No. Don't do it. We actually uh, drove by no. a Ringling Brothers while
1: I was mm-hmm. listening to this
0: book. Uh. That was far after the clown part. There's a reason why Circus Vargas got shut down.
1: It's still around. It, that's
0: what we drove are, by. Are you really? Yeah,
1: we drove by a circus. I wonder Vargas. if they,
0: because there's so many times like when my husband worked at the radio station, they always had free tickets. Oh, and yeah. when the kids were, Little, we thought, oh, that might be fun. It's almost like they pay you to go there. Yeah, but (laughs) it it is. But okay, I I feel what he felt in that. It seems like it's exciting, but you do like when he describes. Can you find the part where he talks about the tiger, the lifeless dead eye, the lion, the lifeless dead eyes of the lion who's just doing what he's told, and all the soul that was that should be in that magnificent beast was basically crushed. And all the all, and no one could like he's so in tune with the animals that he could sense that like oh wow. No, How can no one see what's right they in front of his eyes?
2: That. So it says, Next up was the lion with its tamer carrying a whip and a torch that he used to make the beast jump through hoops of fire. The tamer managed to get the lion to leap from bench to bench and roar now and then, but it was all a pretense because in the cat's eyes there wasn't the faintest trace of fierceness. <laughs> he lived, he moved, he roared a little, and awkwardly he did whatever the tamer requested with his whip, but he was dead inside. That was when Simono Pio's eyes welled up. Oh, <laughs> And that's
0: kind of how we felt when we went to see Circus Vargas. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, I I have no desire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't
1: think they do animals at circuses anymore. I think not in the
0: same way. But when we only had one child and he was like a toddler, we did take him. We might have a second. We might have a. Trevor might have been around by that point. But yeah. And we're like, you know, they're not enjoying this. And this is just really sad to watch.
2: Yeah.
0: And there was. Plus. At the time, there were a lot of people outside the circus protesting. And I'm like, okay, I, f- I feel like, right? okay, <laughs> I'm in my car. I'm driving past. I'm breaking a, like a picket line to go to this. This feels You're wrong. Scab. And it-
2: I felt like it. It was horrible. <laughs> well, I think we should wrap up. So okay. do you want to do like final thoughts? Or do you have one more topic we can touch on? or
0: um, Hold on. Well, we talked about... We talked about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We can talk about life's gifts. I mean, some of the topics are death. I don't want to talk about death. Well, we um, did a little. Bit. We did a little bit. This Growing book will old. make you cry. Yeah. Yes. The there were times where I'm like, <gasps> and my heart just, just like, yeah. <laughs> and uh,
2: when,
0: the, when the the storm that you knew was going to come. Finally, it broke. It definitely
1: that... turned out differently than I thought. Mm-hmm. I really thought the confrontation would be between Simone Pio and um, Espiriqueto. Yeah. So it was a surprise to me that it was Francisco Sr. I was kind Sr. of
2: ga- glad that it wasn't. Right. Because I don't think. I mean, Simona Pio kn- knew that he would have to face this man at some yes. point, but he didn't kill him. No. His but he did. thought
0: yeah. he was the but lion. The bees
2: are part of him, so I don't know. Yeah.
0: I know. But I think it still took him to, by surprise that he didn't. Not everything was clear because he thought he was the lion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, er, it was no It was no and mystery was. who the coyote okay. was But he was, but really Francisco was the lion
1: Oh, I'm poor <sighs> I know Poor Francisco Jr. He tried to tell his dad
0: Yeah I felt, I always felt pretty awful For Esperacueta's children For that poor girl who had Yeah. And I felt bad for this I I didn't know how to feel I felt bad that his son Died with him because I don't think the son was bad, but the da- the son had learned, you don't cross dad. Yeah. And he, but his thinking was already kind of like his dad, but not fully formed. And you
2: don't know. The son was completely cardboard. We never got yeah, to know any of his Yeah, but he dialect. would have grown up learning a lot of lessons from his father and pro- and could have carried in similar Yeah, it could have gone either way. So, it Could have yeah. gone either way. That was sad. And I felt bad for his daughter. Yep. But. He was a bad man. He did really bad
0: things. Well, he
1: ruined any like Beatrice had so much goodwill for that child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he he ruined it for her. Yeah. Well,
0: because as much as I mean, she, I thought well is she going to be benevolent cuz it's not the child's fault? She can't because every time she would look at that child well,
1: it was. it She was She's not she a was. child anymore. She's the same age as Simona Pio at the end of the book. Yeah, I think oh, she's like um, a she's adult, but... a, a young woman. So yeah, when but...
0: that happens, she was also a young teen.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: Simona Pio is like nineteen. He was nineteen. 20 19 oh, oh, that's right, nineteen. Yeah. Or 20. I think she was like yeah, but still, it, I, I she and, was
0: uh, and unmarried because and with no education because her father would let her have a free education.
2: <laughs> but I mean, now that her father's gone, she can. They said that she can go. You know, to the. To to, the convent, or she can stay, and like she was uh merciful enough to not just burn her house house down down. while she (laughs) was in it. (laughs) Thank god,
0: yeah, here we'll give you a chance to get your things, but then this is never (laughs) going to be anything for anybody ever again. Um, so
2: yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I do wish that it, I think by the time that we finally got to. The culmination of what we knew was going to happen. I was so over it that I was like, okay, it was sad and and it was hard to listen to, but I didn't cry because I was kind of uh, at that point like, no. okay. okay, I knew what was happening. I was gut. I knew what was coming. I was
0: okay. gut-wrenched, but only because I felt that the 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 last third was was a lot was the speed it should have been. The rest of the first two thirds. I thought the last third went faster. Well, see, that I part think think is what, so. I think that's
2: for what me. took forever.
1: Yeah. Like an hour to die, Karen.
0: Well, yeah but see yeah. when you're okay but is it really an hour when you're listening at one and a half speed oh fair <laughs> i was listening
2: at two times speed at that point so um, i listened at normal speed it took a I, long time i listened at one and a half speed for the majority of it until it was like yesterday and you know, i had four hours left to listen <laughs> to so i can listen at two times speed and read at the same time like have the words in front of me and get through it pretty quickly right. that's true but then at the very end for the last chapter i turned it back to normal speed So I could just, like, finish it off. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, this man talks slow. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah. Okay, so Francisco Jr.'s old man monologue was a little... I want to say one
2: more thing about that. Yes. Like,
0: how how dare you put this on a stranger? <laughs>
2: but the stranger was into it. Right. But yeah. yes, he wasn't, he wasn't consensual um, in this.
1: I am I need an Uber drive driver. I'm an Uber driver, and I just dropped your dad off in Linares. And he just walked And away. he's just going to
0: walk away and die in and the woods. But yeah, he told me to tell you it's going to be yeah, okay. Don't look for him. Yeah, he'll be fine yeah, that right. is true yeah,
1: that's uber not very driver nice convicted do. of <laughs> elder murder yeah, elder abuse or, yeah. yeah that is true and like if your dad decided to just <clears throat> go wander off into the woods to die are you gonna let that stand or are you gonna go get like i i need the ventur the Ventura sheriff to have yeah. me go do like a well check yeah exactly <laughs> that's that was like really i had a hard time stomaching <laughs> yeah okay but anyway we're done right. <laughs> great book though i did enjoy it
2: i enjoyed it too i think it's one of those books that's that i'm going to remember that'll stick with me i yeah. think just mm-hmm. because i was with it for so long yeah but i i did enjoy it and i yeah i would recommend it if you have yeah. you know some time
0: and uh, if you want to do the audiobook and enjoy it at a little quicker pace. Yeah, one and a half plus speed it's, is good.
1: That was lovely. I I got an early start on this one, thankfully, and I was able to listen to it at normal speed. Yeah. yeah. Um. When I was
2: re-listening, I did at two times speed. <laughs> I intended to to listen to it at like a leisurely pace, and then I had the like digital version because I thought, oh, I'm going on a trip. I'll read. I didn't read at all except for you about half an on hour on an airplane. But I thought I would. I didn't have any time, but <clears throat> um. Okay. What are okay, you guys reading? Right. Any reading recommendations?
1: Any I have cool not read one? anything else. Well, I have a. If you liked this, the magical realism. Okay. Um, gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno Garcia. Okay. Really cool. This um, young girl gets wrapped up in like this battle of ancient um, Aztec gods. Oh, it's fantastic. That sounds interesting. It's really good. It's set in about the same time. It's set in the 1920s. And it's delightful. I, I say, loved it.
2: I really enjoyed the time and setting of this novel yes. because I didn't know a whole lot about Mexico at this and time. And that's the same
1: thing that I about it. Which is why I
2: enjoyed mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. There Are Neighbors. It was cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really liked that.
1: And like the feeling of, of, particularly of this book, like amongst the orange orchards and the mm-hmm. agriculture, this is very much Ventura yes. County feeling too. Yes. So it felt very connected. Gods of Jade and Shadow. um, it leans more into mythology, so it's, like, easier to buy into. Okay. Like, there's the, less mis- mystery right. to, like, how does
2: this it's, work? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a fantasy novel, whereas yes. this is, like, but why? Are you not yeah. going to tell me why? Yeah. Like, do I just have to accept okay? Yeah. Yeah. You
1: asked a lot of me, author. Now, a series I would recommend that moves in an inside-out timeline, but I thought was really good. It's by Rin, Rin Chupeco, and I'm looking for the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow Glass, yeah. Uh, there's three books, and I, I am sorry to say I don't remember the order. The Bone Witch, I think, is the first one. Bone Witch is good. The Heart Forger and the Shadow Glass. I think that's the order. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, but a weird inside-out timeline, mm-hmm. which was, but it was good. Yeah. It, like a, a little, there was no confusion. Okay. I think in this in this timeline, but it was very very good, and a good pace. And lots of social issues.
0: That was all good. Anybody else? So, yeah, I started this book early and then I got sidetracked by like three other books. Because <laughs> apparently I read a book a week these days or awesome. listen type listen to books. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm enjoying in a very personal, connected way, The Ugly Cry mm-hmm. by Danielle Henderson. Because her, her, disf- her early life dysfunction is very similar to my own um parts of it are funny parts of it are just like i she's like a decade she decade younger so some of the things that she contributes to the 80s i just want to say oh honey that was the 70s too (laughs) as far as parenting um sliver okay if i i was been reading the stepford wives as part of a different book club because it touches on a whole lot of body dysmorphia, a whole lot of social issues, you know, and it was meant to be satire. Um, but I had, I've only just started it because I, I got to actually pick up a book at a real library. Mm-hmm. The libraries are open. Yay. Um, but while I was waiting, I started a book by the same author called Sliver. Dude, that nice. Yeah, it's really good. Now, it it's, it's a much, it's a, it's not a particular, I mean, the Stefford Wives is only like half an inch thick. It's not a big book. And Sliver is just as thin. Um, there's buildings called Sliver Buildings. We know we're in in places like New York where two streets that are not quite parallel, but they kind of come together mm-hmm. at a narrow angle. So these buildings... I didn't know
1: they had a name.
0: Yeah, they're called Slivers. Huh. Um, and a lot of developers and neighborhoods hate them, but... <laughs> It's interesting. This particular one is twenty stories high, and there's only it's only like one uh, apartment wide on either side, <laughs> so you, every floor has only two apartments. Oh, cool. um, or um, so it's there's it kind of a a, a a mystery and a creepy psychological thriller factor to it. So he's the same author that also wrote Rosemary's Baby and a couple of others and he a lot of his books became movies and mm-hmm. that ushered in a horror genre, which is not what he intended at all. So he's like <laughs> he's like, these are satire, these are not horror, but somehow yeah. I
2: they think got twisted. The modern
1: Stepford Wife is is in that um, satirical uh-huh.
0: um, tone, but it is mm-hmm. still considered a horror movie. Yeah. Um and then I started a series. I am I finished book three out of 14 because, you know, I have to pace myself.
1: Three out of 14. This ser- a 14 book series
0: by A.J. Rivers. And they're there's a they're basically murder. She's a FBI agent and she's supposed to be she's she's just one of those things where she's at the wrong place at the wrong time. She's not really functioning as an FBI, but somehow murders happen around her. You know, kind of like in the murder. She wrote kind of genre, but only better. And there's the, the, it's always the girl, the I'm girl. Sorry, did
1: you say something's better than Murder, she wrote? Better.
0: <laughs> okay, I could always <laughs> g- predict who it was in the first ten minutes, Whoa. and then the rest of it was. And that was when I was. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's not a formula. It's it's the Scooby. It's so it's, it's, so the <laughs> it's, my, it's, it's the Scooby Doo formula. It's It's always the first person favorites.
1: you meet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I I love Angela Lansbury and I love
0: Murder I love she Angela Rose. Lansbury. So and, love okay, I'm she not Rose. saying I don't love Murder She Wrote. So these books, better it be was good. these <laughs> <That's> are my <laughs> point. Yeah, start with the first one, the Girl in Cabin 13. Oh,
1: okay. That and is then there's the girl that vanished, yeah.
0: and then the girl of the manor series. is the yeah. third one. But yeah, the girl in Cabin 13. It's got, there's like a whole, I mean, psycho killer, boyfriend, unknown. Yeah. I,
1: I didn't know that that so, was like a whole. So creepy. That's a lot of books. She's that's prolific. Books. She's prolific. Books. I didn't know it was a whole. Uh, a
0: whole ecosphere. That's just the one in that series. All right. She's got other other books outside of the wow. series. but Yeah. so right, I'll have to give it a try. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Emma Griffin FBI mystery series. Emma Griffin being the. Love it interest also so if you like ro- a little romance it's got a little some of that something something anyway that's all
2: okay well our next book is my pick and we're doing a special asterisk to our normal how we pick a book because this is a book i believe all three of us have already I read i have not read it oh, and i did i didn't get no. did. so okay. was, nope. so two of us have read it i ordered um, it it's coming tomorrow great so you could get it either digital or a print version it's of it. Um it's called Across the Formidable Sea by claire laminin says if-
0: book one but i'm waiting for book two because it's so yeah. good i
2: looked at her that's all i'm saying and uh-huh. it said that the uh sequel is due out in 2018 i know i <laughs> okay so here's the thing claire laminin is my cousin <laughs> this is her debut novel and it's um, awesome so it is a i'll read you the back of the book because i have it here in front of me um living on a sprawling e- english estate doesn't change the fact that 20 year old laura elliott stratford feels homeless The year is 1920. It's been six years since Laura's beloved father passed away. Since Laura's mother married a British Earl and whisked Laura from her home in Virginia to the green expanses of Stratford. Lonely, rebellious, and bitterly resentful, Laura is especially vulnerable to the influence of two new people in her world. Graham, her stepfather's handsome new accountant, and Sarah, the youngest daughter of one of Birmingham's toughest families. Two sides of Laura are awakened and they cannot peacefully coexist inside her. Laura is faced with the decision of choosing who she will be, and neither choice is without consequence. Across the formidable sea follows one woman's search for home and happiness against the vibrant backdrop of the 1920s England, a world whose priorities and values are shifting as quickly as Laura's are. No matter the time or place, we are masters of our own fate, for better or for worse. So and it who's is. Who's the
0: publisher of this? I thought she self published, didn't it she? It is
2: self published. You can buy a print copy on Amazon and she gets the proceeds or a digital copy, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, she's my first cousin. She lives in the area, so she's a local author. Um, Who did the artwork
0: on the cover? Because it's really neat.
2: The um, author, uh, the artwork on the cover is the same person who designed our logo, Carly. Oh, Um,
0: she's fantastic. Yes. I had no idea it was the
2: same. Yeah, it's the same girl. Um. So we have, or Karen and I have both picked it, but or have read it, but it has been a while since I have read it, and I was thinking of rereading it. Because
0: I read it when it was brand, brand new. So it's been a a minute. So I'm happy, I'm so happy to get to watch it again, read it again. I
2: spoke with the author just today, Mm. um, (laughs) and she's agreed to um, come on the podcast and let us ask her questions. (gasps) So we're going to have an interview with the author. So if you listener are going to read this book or are reading it please 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 email me or text me or tell me in person whenever you see me any questions you might have for claire because when she comes and we record our little segment with her i would love to be able to ask any questions that you have specifically for her because we'll come up with some that's
0: exciting so you
2: can hound her yourself about the about the um the sequel 10. But, but I will. don't everybody ask that question.
1: Just assume we're going to ask that
2: question. Yeah, yes. we're we're going to ask. And I, 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 I she will, will ask. She, I will say she knows. Yeah, right. She knows, <laughs> right? Will pretend is, that it was She's a little busy right audience. now though. She is going to have a baby in 5 weeks. So,
0: well, she's a little This is a very good time
2: to take that nesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I mean, it's amazing right. how
0: you're not going to get much sleep anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, like you can a, get a lot accomplished. You get a lot
1: done. Yeah, my yep. house was never so clean and never will
0: be clean as, clean <laughs> as again. Um, if only I had written a book in that time. Yes. <laughs> so that's. That's when I learned to do knitting was when I had a newborn. So.
2: Yeah. Um. So that's Across the Formidable Sea by Claire Laminen. That's when Toni Morrison really caught her, like hit her. With, oh, you're actually. right.
1: You're right. There's I a lo- Claire. You know what? i <laughs> okay.
0: tell her when she comes. We'll tell her. There's an author that has written like almost 90 books. And she's got like 10 kids. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and she and she it's something about the, the the constant energy from all those children kept her there you go kept her prolific
2: there you go okay well read the book um, send us any questions that you have and uh, next time when we come back we'll talk about the book and we'll talk about it with Claire so that will be fun how exciting yeah um and I know a couple of our regulars have already read the book because I mentioned that my author that my cousin was an author and they were like I'm gonna read that book so that'll be fun. Anyway, I think that's it for today. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in two weeks for our regularly scheduled podcast episode. (laughs) Okie dokie. Well, we'll see you next time. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.